So this isn't a service where you have to be on your computer eight hours a day no. checking for a trade that's going to no, come in nice at 10.03 a.m. And if you don't buy it right then and there, the opportunity has gone and we're going to exit yep. you know, in three hours or no. the next day. None of that. You know, This is what you would call – so that's that's day trading. You know, yeah. You're describing there. That's day trading where your holding period is a day or less usually with day trading. This is swing trading. So it's sort of like medium-term investing. Yeah. It's not short-term. It's not long-term. It's like right in the middle. We'll hold our positions for uh, as short as – as little as a week, um, as long as a few months. You know, I've definitely uh, – there's there's been one or two that we've had on for like four or five months. Um, you know, I'm looking at one in 2022. We opened it in August. We closed it in um, December. Uh, but it kept going up, so we closed it for an eighty percent gain. You know, right. so as long as the as long as the indicators that the machine looks for are still showing that that this stock deserves to be in the buy category, then we're going to keep it in the portfolio. As soon as it flips and says, "Nope, this is a sell," this is a sell trigger, then we we cut it out. And you know, we got a sell trigger on that one. Um, on the 19th of December, uh, we sold it and we took an 80% profit on it, you know, after holding it for 138 days. Yeah. Welcome to the Angel Research Podcast. My name is Jason Freert. I'm here with Jason Williams, and we have a very special edition of the podcast today. Very special. We're going to talk about AI. Yeah. And specifically AI trading, what what is going on? Is it this new thing that everybody's it's going to kill financial um, advisors? What, what's your take on the whole AI? Not even just investing wise, but just AI in general. Well, I mean, I'm I'm one of those people that's kind of excited about it. You know, I, I everybody I don't know I shouldn't say everybody you know use these absolutes, but a lot of people are seem to be really concerned. Like, oh, AI is going to end the world. It's going to take all the jobs. I don't know. I mean, I'll tell you, like, it's made me better at my job, if anything, you know, and I think that that's really the concern there is, is it's going to take, you know, it's not that AI is going to take jobs. It's people that are utilizing AI are going to take your job if you're not using it too. Um, but you know, it's not like that new, but at the same time we're I feel like we're sort of at that, like that, that sort of advent, like, like where, when, when the internet stopped being just, you know, text on a screen you right know, when you stopped having to dial into your local library to access it and stuff like that you know when you got to like have have pictures and things and um you know i think that's sort of like where we are at ai and that's why i'm really excited because you know when i was i was too young to invest in the internet technically you know in the early days of it like the the very very early days but you know here i am and and you know i'm in the midst of this ai thing and you know I, i'm really excited about it i think it's going to be really cool i think it's going to help move move society forward you know um the, the, the cool thing about it is just the machines are able to do things a lot quicker than we are. Oh, yeah. You know, they can only do what we program them to do right now. I mean, maybe eventually they'll be able to program themselves. And, like, that's, you know, where some people get into, the, like, the scary stuff, like the Matrix things. Right. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, where the machines take over. But, um, you know, no, I mean, like, it, it, it just – AI basically does what a person can do but way faster. You know, it takes just, just reams and reams and reams of data and analyzes it in like a millisecond and then can basically make predictions from that or you know now we're, we're working with the generative stuff where it's actually like generating new new content and things uh, yeah i mean i think it's pretty cool in general there's obviously far-reaching implications across many different uh spectrums so we've been taking it from a couple of different angles here just what industries are going to be aided by ai and what industries might be 
just done for now that AI, I mean, recently mm-hmm. um, it was Chegg came out and said, hey, uh, basically 40% of our, y- you know, um, it, or the stock dropped forty percent after yeah. they said, "Hey, people are just using ChatGPT now instead of our services." I, yeah. I'm not really familiar. I guess people were using that to sort of like cheat on their homework and like sort of. Tests, I mean, you know, like, because Chegg sort of yeah. offers like those tutoring services. And yeah, like ChatGPT and, and mm-hmm. other sort of AI, you know, uh, generative AI stuff like that can be a good resource for studying. You know, asking yeah. questions and things like that. Hey, you know, help me help me wrap my head around this math formula. You know, help me understand why you know this historical event led to you know these you know these things happening and stuff like that. Um, but it's like I said, it's one of those things where, you know, you adapt or or you adapt or die, really, like evolve or die. And Chegg has been working with AI companies to basically release Chegg GPT, you know, so so that like they can compete and they can offer sort of the same thing that, um, you know, that people have been sort of stepping around them to use. Yeah, there seems to be this idea now that if a company and it was like this a couple of years ago with the blockchain, it's just add you know, there was the Long Island iced tea uh, yeah. company and they were like, yeah, we're not called Long Island blockchain. We're going to do it. And like, so all these companies are coming out and be like, yeah, we're XYZ AI, uh-huh. you know, because they just want to capitalize on the wave that's right. coming you in. Got some so, of those blank check companies too that are, you know, trying to merge with, with something AI or something AI generated or something with AI in the name. Yeah. So I, I do think it's, I think if people can plainly see that this is going to be a transformative technology out there. But in many instances, I feel like it's sort of gotten ahead of itself. There is, I think there's more content out there about what AI is and talking about AI than the actual products being implemented yet. So there's a a lot of things that are getting ahead of itself. One of the things that came out a couple of months ago, which we've talked about, is this headline that ChatGPT can pick stocks better than your average uh, fund manager uh-huh. or money manager, which, to be honest, I think most monkeys can you know throw darts and pick stocks better than your average uh, money true. manager. So I, to me, I wasn't really impressed with that, but I did decide to sort of dive in to see exactly mm-hmm. what they were talking about here. And essentially all these guys are doing is they're basically telling the the chat gpt you know i want you to look at these particular indicators and there there's different plugins and things you can do now to get up to date data because that was the other thing is mm-hmm. like oh it's only on data from you know up to 2021 right uh-huh. so you want in investing you need up to this minute data yeah, right yeah, it changes like data. that uh-huh. if you were to ask it an investment strategy and you're only looking at stock data and stocks up through 2021 you you know some stocks aren't even around anymore oh, yeah. and all that so well, you look at the high frequency trading firms you know they pay you know billions and billions of dollars not to get their offices next to the exchanges but to get their servers next to the exchanges right. hundreds of billions of dollars just to plop a couple computers close to the that exchange split second because yeah that that millisecond you know of being right next to the exchange in Manhattan as opposed to being across the river in Jersey City you know, like that gives you that advantage. And when you're a high frequency trader and you're really, you know, trading that quickly and that many times over, that millisecond really makes a difference. Makes a difference to get first in line. Yeah. So, so if, you're, if you're analyzing stuff with 2021's data, I mean, you yeah, as well you're, just quit. So 
now there is stuff they can get up to date to date data you can feed it in the stuff which is fine but essentially all they're doing is using like you said using chat gpt to do better technical analysis mm-hmm. and you still have to pick the different parameters you still have to know that so you have to know somewhat mm-hmm. about technical analysis and then you have to pick the correct ones which you know there's always debate on you know what's you know oversold rsi that kind of things that you can look at so and should you you use the rsi or should you use the stochastic indicator you know do you pay attention to the bollinger bands or just mm -hmm. the like you know moving averages which moving average you know do you want the short term the medium term the long term which short term one 20 day 50 day right so it's not as simple as hey chat gbt Make me a million dollars in the stock market. Yeah. There's, and, and but you know these media people that put the articles out there, they're just looking for a headline. So it's like, hey, and also the the uh, per, um, I think it was about an eight week period that they looked at, and so, as we know, know in the markets, I mean, and it was like it beat it by like point three percent, like a human by point three percent. You know, so we're like, look, I mean. Anybody like for an error. eight week, yeah, for an eight week period, you know, everybody, you know, you can take anybody out there that's going to be able to beat Warren Buffett over an eight year, eight week period. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of consistency and yeah. can it be, um, can it be looked at in up down markets? How does it react to certain things like that? So, and it got me thinking about uh, your product that you've been running for. It's a couple of years now. Couple of years, yeah, right? Yeah, a few years now. And what was most impressive is the fact that last year, 2022, it was a it was a rough year in the market. It was really rough. It year was in the market. rough. Uh-huh. So, um, which everybody knows, and everybody's hoping that sort of the tide has turned now. But the impressive thing about you know, which is realistic about your product, is it didn't lose. That much money, I guess, yeah, is yeah, what you would you say. Know, I, I'd be so you have you I have these it, stats like, that you, know, you can bring up, though. Yeah, I can. And so I, I pulled these up just for for today. Um, so last year we we had a three percent loss, but this is the thing: we were invested the entire year. We right. never pulled all of the money out of the market. We were constantly, you know, putting money, you know, like rolling one trade to the next, closing out losers, you know, taking gains on winners. And so while the markets were down, you know, what, anywhere from like like 15 to 30%, depending on which index you're looking at, we did a 3% loss. And, you know, granted, yeah, you would have been better just by not investing at all, but you missed that potential upside. So like, you know, if you decided, hey, let me just pull all of my money out, well, then you missed everything that happened in 2023. Oh, yeah. You know? And no one, in, you know, we talk about timing the market and all this kind of stuff is... You know, if you're still investing and also, you know, maybe invested in some dividend payers where maybe, you know, the stock went down, but you were able to still collect some income during that time, Mm -hmm. that's that's a possibility. So I think everybody's sort of in agreement is that, you know, you you need to be in the market if you're trying to time these big markets. Because it's not like it was exactly, you know, although I guess it was pretty much the top was what the... December 2021 around in the market. It might have even been like it literally might have even been like the second or third of January, you know, like the first trading day of the year and that peaked. And then then I think the bottom ended up being sometime in October, November, but then we've been up and down since then. So Mm -hmm. it looks like, you know, we've kind of maybe, you know, are ready for another leg up, but 
you know, timing these things is is very, very difficult. It really is. And I mean, you know, that's that's one of the great things with, you know, like you mentioned, this this like trading service has to do with artificial intelligence. And so the the chat GPT, like picking my stocks, you know, like the headline, it's catching people's eyes because chat GPT is relatively new. But yeah. AI picking stocks is not new at all. That's what I was going to say. So, I mean, let's talk about exactly what people mean by AI, mm. right? Because you know, usually what they mean is machine learning yeah. and data models, which are essentially what you've been working with for years now. Yeah. And um, we talked about, you know, more of a little, I wouldn't say he's little known, but he's less known than guys like Warren Buffett, which is Jim Simons, who's mm-hmm. the um, founder of uh, Renaissance Technologies. Mm-hmm. And he's basically like, 3x like Warren Buffett at least over the past 20 years and he I think the only reason he's not richer than Warren Buffett is because I think he didn't start trading until it was like he was 30 or something whereas uh-huh. like Buffett started when he was you know 18 right, or, right. When earlier he kid, even, when I he think. was a kid so um, he has Buffett has a 10-year head start on it basically if you were to compound at the same time frame as Buffett like he's way ahead of Buffett yeah and he sort of pioneered this whole machine learning mm-hmm. um, algorithm quant sort of trading sometimes yeah. called quant trading high frequency trading right. you know um, computer-aided trading right and I mean you look at uh, for the past few years there have been a lot of you know different you know services that came out like Betterment and things like that, where it's like, you know, you you sort of tell a, a computer program what your goals are, what your risk levels are, and then that computer program sort of like picks investments for you. And that's basically the same thing. You know, this is that's that's the same thing that those people were doing when they're generating these prompts for ChatGPT and telling it to yeah. pick stocks for them. One of the things that I am really like about this style of investing and service is that it really does take the emotion out of it, right? It does. And I will tell you, you know, um, at first it was difficult for me to let the, for me to let the program, I I call it the machine, um, alpha profit machine, but for me to let the machine like take the wheel, basically. I mean, it's like you're, you know, you've, you've grown up driving the car for yourself. You've grown up driving the car for yourself. And now all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're just sort of sitting back and like watching as the wheel turns on its own. And it's put up some stuff that I'm like, ah, man, that seems kind of crazy but you know we'll go ahead and we'll we'll put it in there we'll add it to the portfolio we'll see what happens and we get these gains um there was a stock it sticks out in my head it's a company called technoglass and it had just gotten hit with this huge short report apparently i mean it's a colombian company like colombia the country um <clears throat> they make glass they ship it all over the caribbean um a lot of the new big buildings in miami uh the the windows are all made out of like their glass um, and so they have this cost advantage by being in Colombia. The labor is cheaper. The materials are cheaper. And then also, you know, they're right there. So it's really easy to, to reach major markets in the U.S. just by shipping this stuff right across the Caribbean. Uh, so anyway, the, this uh, short report came out basically connecting the company and like the uh, main investors and founders of the company to like Colombian drug cartels and stuff. And it's like I just, you know, um, I don't want to like – make it sound like I'm trashing Columbia or anything, but that's like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon here in the U.S. Like you and I are like six degrees away from Kevin Bacon. And like everybody in Columbia is six degrees away from a drug cartel. Right. You know, so it was one of those things where it was just sort of a hit piece. Like, um, but it came out and it just crushed the stock. And uh, that week, the machine 
pick techno glass. Right. As a co- and I was like, oh man, I don't know if this is all over, but you know, the, the, it, it meets all of the right criteria. It's gone through, you know, and like checked all of the indicators and, you know, this is, you know, and, and it's looking at a big universe of stocks. We're talking about thousands of stocks and it's literally ranking this one up in the top 10. Right. And I was like, well, I gotta, you know, I mean, trust the AI. Yeah, I always say a strategy is worthless if you don't stick to it. And so I trusted the AI and we closed that one out for a pretty big win. I think it's actually in my 2020, uh, portfolio here. Let me see if I can find it. Technoglass. Technoglass we took. It wasn't a huge win. Um, it was on for uh, about a month and we got uh, 5.5% out of it. And so that's, and that's what we were talking about earlier with the idea of these are fairly quick trades, yeah, right? If you look These back... aren't necessarily, which is even more sort of impressive for last year because oh, yeah. you look at you know, eventually, it, a lot of if you if you buy a good company, eventually you hold it for a period of time, mm-hmm. and it, you know, if it's a good company, it'll it eventually goes up. I mean, the trend is always up. However, you know that might take several years, yeah. right? And so, so, sort of the longer you hold yeah. on to it, the better you have, the better shot you yeah. have of being right. Yeah, and so I I've you know looked at there's port there's stocks in your wealth advisory portfolio that are up you know, 500, 600%. Mm-hmm. And that's great. But there's also there's a time frame on there of, you know, five, six years, a lot yeah. of times. Yeah. So this is sort of a different strategy where Completely we talk different. about the difference between an annualized, you know, sort of an annualized gain. Do you want to explain the difference between what what you would call an annualized gain versus just a regular gain? Sure. So, so you can annualize gains one of two ways, right? You can either take a short-term gain and figure out what it would have been if it was a, a longer gain, or you take a long-term gain and figure out what it was per year, right? So basically what you're doing is, is you're taking, you know, how many, um, <clears throat> how many periods, uh, of that gain you can get in one year. And so for the alpha profit machine, our average um, holding period for 2022 was 59 days. So just under two months, right? So what you're looking at there is you take that and you're like, there's there's two months, so there's six of those periods per year. So basically you're saying that you know your average gain, you multiply that by six and that tells you what your annualized gain is in this case. Um, so, this year, our average holding period has been about 50 days, so a little bit smaller. And so our closed trades have averaged a 5% gain. But if you annualize that because we're able to repeat that over and over and over, right. you're looking at like a 33% gain over the course of the year, right? Right. So, you, you know, to make things simple, there's a big difference between getting, you know, buying a stock and, and holding it for the entire year and mm-hmm. it going up 5%. Because meanwhile, you can't, you know, unless you're trading on margin or doing these like funky stuff, you can't use that money while it's yeah. invested. You have opportunity right? cost there. Yeah. yeah. Whereas if you were to invest in that same stock and you only hold it for a month or two mm-hmm. and you make 5%, now you have 5% gain that you can then roll into. Yep. And, and to be clear, we're not saying that these are all successive, you know, you're only holding one stock at a time, but a lot right. of them are, you know, you can roll your 
profits into the next trade. And and that's definitely, you know, the plan that we have uh, with our model portfolio. Um, so we'll never have more than 10 stocks in the model portfolio. Sometimes if the machine's feeling really bearish, it might cut us down to like five or six stocks. Right. I've never seen the model portfolio empty, though, no matter how bad the market's gotten. Because it's one of those things where there's, you know, y- there's always a place to make money. Like there's always a market where you can get gains and you just have to find it. And this thing just has an uncanny knack for it. And like you said, you know, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to get it twisted and say like, oh, this is always winning and yeah. like we're always closing out winners. And we're not, you know, we um, we close out losers too. But, you know, the goal, uh, basically like the, the sign of a good trader is is big wins, small wins and small losses. You never let your losses get big. That's, you know, how you become a successful trader. And basically being successful more of the time than being unsuccessful, you yeah. know? So you're always gonna get some wrong, and we do too. Um, you know, let me see, I've got a little stat here. Um, <clears throat> our winning months uh, from 2007 through twenty through the end of 2021, uh, it was about 65% of the months were winning months, but that means that like 35% of the, mo- of the months were, were losing months. But because we're winning more often than we're losing, oh, yeah. 60% we're coming out ahead. You're doing it, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And that's what I think people have a hard time understanding is you see some of these gurus out there like, oh, I got, you know, I've never had a losing trade. You know, all of my trade is just like bullshit. Uh You know what I mean? Anybody who's followed the market and has invested knows that, you know, nobody's perfect. You're only you're looking to have the odds slightly in your favor. Yeah. So and that's what was great about this is so many times, like you said, when a stock is um done like or you know gets tanked on people still get emotionally attached to it mm-hmm. and they're like I'm going to hold it. Yeah. I'm going to hold it hoping that it's going to come back. And hope isn't yep. really and that's a great strategy. That's a big part about, you know, the alpha profit machine and the algorithm that that it's that it's based on is that it's not just about making gains, it's also about avoiding losses. So I'm really glad you brought that up because I pulled up um five of our more recently closed trades. And so basically, um, we got two two sell alerts on uh, the 15th of May. Um, it was for a company called Ardmore Shipping Corporation and another one called Enel Chile. Um, and so we we had had these on in the portfolio. You know, they had performed all right. Um, but basically, the, the indicators had lined up saying, like, these guys are ready to be sold. And we've got two new stocks that, you know, have better momentum, have better indicators behind them. So we'll add those to the portfolio. So anyway, um, within like a week or two of selling those stocks, Ardmore dropped by 10% and uh, Inel Chile dropped by 14%. So we avoided that double, those two double-digit losses. It happened again on May 22nd. Uh, we got a sell alert for Occupier Pharma. Uh, within a couple of days, it dropped 15%. Um, on uh, June 20th, uh, we sold Pompia Energy, uh, which is like a South American energy company. It dropped 5% within a couple of days. And then most recently, actually this week, you know, this Monday, the markets were open on Monday. They were closed on Tuesday for the 4th of July. We got a sell notice on Monday. We dropped this stock, Wabash National Corporation, um, which is another like shipping corporation. Um, and uh it's dropped 13% in the two days since, 
You know, so I mean, it's it's real. It, it keeps us from from taking those big losses. It, it cuts out. You know, it cuts it cuts our losses. You know, when we're when they're still small, and you know, when the momentum sort of shifts on a winner, it doesn't get emotional and say like, oh, but it did so well. You know, last week it should probably maybe it'll do well. This it's like no, man. The the indicators say it's not going to do well. Get it out of here. Yeah, trust in the machine. Trust in the process. It works which is, so well. It's very very difficult. Yeah. I know. You know from trading stocks and, uh, you know, cryptos and stuff like that. Uh It's like, oh, you see these big gains. You're like, oh, well, people so many times, oh, it's gone up. Um, You know, why are you buying this stock? Because it's going up. Uh Well, you know, it doesn't go up forever. So I don't want to... don't grow to the sky. Right. I don't want to, you know, reveal too much of the secret sauce in there, but can you talk about some of the indicators that the machine looks at? Obviously, there's like, uh, you know, some like powerful sort of we just talked about ai just being able to like crunch through Mm -hmm. stuff and you know just the computers you know even in the past five or six years have just gotten insane the speeds oh yeah it's really impressive what it can do and honestly you know um talking to other people who who do quantitative trading um and who use algorithms to help them pick stocks you know my experience is not is not unique you know like there are a lot of people that are like man this thing just threw up the craziest trade i've ever seen yeah but you know i've learned from experience not to argue with it and it's because they've created you know they've created the machine you know we created the machine we are the ones that put these that told it what to look for and told it you know what ranges to look in and so i do i actually have a list of a bunch of the indicators that we use um and honestly i could i could go through all of them and like there, there's a lot more that sort of goes into it than just like you know clicking some boxes next to right the indicators you actually have to tell it like where to look in these um but we use the mcclellan summation index that's a, a market breadth index it sort of shows okay. um the relationship between uh, stocks that are advancing in an index versus stocks that are declining in an index. Okay. Um, you know, we look at uh, we look at at, at uh, different compositions of the indexes. So, like the S and P five hundred is a market cap weighted index, but you can also look at that uh, in its equal weighted form, where every you know right. all stocks have like make up one five hundredth. Yeah, and that's index. been a huge topic because something like I think five stocks in the S and P have like. That's been made insane. up most of the gains. Yeah, yeah, and so, it's similar for the Nasdaq too. It's like seven stocks in the Nasdaq. The uh, they the they were once called the Fang names, but now it's like F A A M N G plus Tesla and Nvidia. Right. Um, but basically, it's these seven stocks that have really contributed something like eighty percent of the gains to the stock market this year. Um, all of them have something to do with AI, typically, right? Uh, except maybe Tesla, but even Tesla sort of like has that too. And so you're, it, it's interesting because you talk about the ChatGPT picking stocks and mm-hmm. the AI, and how much of the machine is focusing on news-based stuff versus just the the different technical indicators or like so for ours um we're really focused on the technical indicators right. we're focused on the stocks uh we are focused on sort of like macroeconomic things so we'll look at you know like gdp and its relation right. to equities okay. or, so there is uh, yeah you know yield curves credit markets things like that but we're not so much combing like twitter headlines to see how many people are excited about the stuff right well you've you know. seen yeah and you've seen how that can just get out of control in this meme stock era oh certainly you know what i certainly. mean for some reason 
you know, just something takes hold. So that just kind of goes to the emotion side of things yeah, too. You, you take like the emotion positive comments on Wall Street bets on Reddit, <laughs> right. then like you know, GameStop is still the best stock in the world, right. you know, and and should have outperformed everything, you know, yeah. for the past three years. Right. Um, so you sort of have to be careful with that stuff because. Those are emotion like the, those are, are are trying to measure people's emotions, and there are algorithms out there. There are you know AI programs out there that do scrape the headlines, and they look for positive words and negative words, and they try and judge what the investor you know sentiment's going to be. Um, but humans aren't rational. We're not rational beings. Yeah. We're very emotional, you know, and and that's why this is so helpful because yeah. you know I've definitely gotten attached to a stock. You know, I'm like, wow, this has been my best investment ever. Like, I don't want to sell it. And then you know, everything is telling me, you know, maybe this has gotten ahead of itself. You know, it's probably way too high. You know, do you really are you willing to buy it at this price, right. or do you just want to see somebody else buy it at this price? You know, and uh, and that's definitely you know bit me before. You know, um, I try not to let any winners turn into losers. That's definitely something you should never let happen. You know, if you've got a gain and you see it getting closer and closer to zero, sell it. You know, don't <laughs> let it turn into a loss. Um, but you know, definitely uh, we're emotional beings, and this helps take the emotion out of it. And so we try not to pay attention to, to the headlines and, and the emotionality of the headlines and things like that. We're looking at, you know, short coverage ratios and market breadth indicators and, you know, the yield curve and the bond market and how that's responding to different macroeconomic um, situations. Uh, we'll even look at like the housing and the real estate market, you right. know, commercial real estate. Um, looks like it's going to be in a pretty tough spot coming up and and the machine keeps pulling up charts to show me that you know yeah. to show me you know how how strained some of these regional banks would be if uh, if people start defaulting on those loans because yeah. it's mostly regional banks that make those kind of loans to, to developers and things and so you know it, it shows this kind of stuff it'll look at insider buying um, you know it'll also look at long-term market trends where it'll go zoom back and it'll be like okay let's take the past 20 years. Um, you know, in this stock, in this index, um, in this sector, um, and and see, you know, what are the long-term trends there and, and things like that. Um, That's incredible because you think about, you know, what just one person can do. Oh, yeah. And, like, that's, you know, that's an entire team yeah. of just analysts that oh I'm gosh. sure, you know, these big banks have or whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, you, you know, you can't um, – you can you can only pick X number as an individual investor. Yeah, you, there's only so much data you can look at yourself yeah, yeah. and or, or understand. You, you run that risk of uh, like they call it analysis paralysis, right. where like there's just so much information out there that you get stuck looking at the information and you can't make a decision. Right. Um, and uh, no, you're absolutely right. You know, to put out were it not for the assistance that I get from the AI. To put out the weekly email that I put out for this trading service, it would take me a team of probably, I mean, 25 super, super productive people, 100 average, you know, analysts. Yeah. Like, th th this is the kind of thing that, you know, literally, like, they're... It's allowing, you know, me and like one or two other people yeah. to do the job of almost 100 folks. Yeah. You know, it's it's really impressive. Yeah. And, um, and that's not to say it's uh, not cheap because no. people – 
think, oh, it's in the cloud. It's like, oh, it's just magical. Like doing like servers cost money, bandwidth costs money, data feeds cost money. Well, I, and and these um these programs are constantly evolving. You know, they're they're we're we're fine tuning them, we're tweaking them. Right. And every year they get a little bit better because we have a little bit more data to work with. You know, and right. So like they can go back and look at the past, you know, thirty years worth of data, but. You know, last year's data is is even more valuable because we're seeing how the markets are reacting currently. Right. You know? And so you are – every week a trade goes out on Monday. I shouldn't say always a trade goes out, but right. usually you're usually, rebalancing. Pretty often, pretty often we're, we're closing out one and adding another one. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I've never seen the portfolio down to zero stocks. We, we usually have between five and ten, but ten's the max. Um, and the idea there is basically, you know, that you can start with, say, $10,000, put $1,000 into each of the 10 positions. And then when we sell one, you take that $1,000 plus the profits, roll it into the next one. And going back and backtesting um, and, you know, actually, you know, like making those investments and backtesting those investments, uh, following this strategy, people were able to turn like $10,000 into a million dollars in around a decade. You know, so, I mean, it, it, the power is really there. It's all about sticking to the strategy, not questioning the machine. That's something that I had to learn when we started going through it. Um, but, you know, when you when you stick to the strategy, when you make the moves and you follow the prompts, you know, you win more than you lose. And uh, your winners are usually bigger than your losers, too. Yeah. And so and we're talking about you said the average gain for, or the average hold time is 50 days for this year. Yeah, for this year we're so, at like 52 on our closed positions. My open positions right now our average hold is 39 days. So, right. you know, there's some uh there's one that we just put on this Monday so it's been on for 3 days. Uh our oldest position is 58 days old right now. We we opened that one on the 8th of May. So this isn't a service where you have to be on your computer eight hours a day no. checking for a trade that's going to no, come in nice at ten oh three a.m. And if you don't buy it right then and there, the opportunity's gone and we're going to exit, yep. you know, in three hours or no. the next day. None of that. You know, this is what you would call. So that's that's day trading. You know, yeah. You're describing there. That's day trading where your holding period is a day or less usually with day trading. This is swing trading. So it's sort of like medium term investing. It's not short term. It's not long term. It's like right in the middle. We'll hold our positions for uh, as short as as little as a week, um, as long as a few months. You know, I've definitely uh, there's there's been one or two that we've had on for like four or five months. Um, You know, I'm looking at one in 2022. We opened it in August. We closed it in um, December. Uh, but it kept going up. So we closed it for an 80% gain, you know? So as long as the, as long as the indicators that the machine looks for are still showing that, that this stock deserves to be in the buy category, then we're going to keep it in the portfolio. As soon as it flips and says, nope, this is a sell, this is a sell trigger. Then we, we cut it out and, you know, we got a sell trigger on that one. Um, on the 19th of December and we sold it and we took an 80% profit on it, you know, after holding it for 138 days. Yeah. That's that's helpful because I, no one wants to be standing by the computer. No, like, nobody has. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know how people have time for that. To be completely no, honest, I mean, if you're to not me, a proprietary trader right. at a hedge fund or like at you know a, a bank like Morgan, like where I used to work, like it, and, and even those guys, they don't do it all day. That's the thing. They come in. The market opens at nine thirty. By noon, they're out having lunch. Then they're hitting the gym and then they're going to the bar because it's like super high stress and you just can't do that all day. And I don't expect anybody to do that. No, I couldn't go to lunch thinking, hey, uh, maybe, you know, maybe that stock's going to 
tank by 20 percent yeah yeah exactly no you close out everything you go home for the day you know they work half days there because it's like it's very stressful and even and that's a young man's game on the street too you know you're talking about most of the like the the oldest guys out out there in their 30s yeah you know we look ancient compared to them (laughs) well actually i don't know because they're going through a lot of stress so they might be aging a little bit quicker i'll Um, tell you what yeah that is uh that is not for me and i think probably not for a lot of our no, readers. No. I mean, especially so like one... if you're like retired, you know, yeah, you don't want to sit around like yeah. watching for my email all week. No, no, I don't want anybody doing that. I don't expect anybody to do that. I can't imagine anybody really wants to do that. So this is great. You know, I mean, on Mondays, you know that you're going to get an alert from me on Mondays. Um, it's going to have any trades that the machine has given us, any buys, any sells. And it's also going to have, you know, even if there aren't buys or sells, a huge market update with all of these different charts that the machine's kicking out of the, the different indicators that we look for. Um, you know, so sometimes it'll send me the, the NASDAQ's uh, McClellan summation index. Yeah. And it'll show me the, the relationship yeah, between and advances and declines in that index. And I've read times, the updates. They're pretty in-depth updates. It's not just like... Hey, the machine says buy XYZ. There's actually some component to it that is like, here's what we're looking at. Here's what the, because it's not just literally like, you feel like, oh, it's this black box where it's just, you're just pressing a button, it's doing a bunch of stuff, and Mm -hmm. it just out pops a ticker symbol. You can at least understand what, you know, it's going. Even if it's a little wonky, you can say, okay, yeah, let me, no, exactly. let's do that. And that's one of the reasons that I really like to include the market updates. We do this really cool thing. Um, it is very specific to Alpha Profit Machine. I don't really know of any other you know, AI trading firms or anything like that that do it, but we call it, I call it our heat map. Um, but it's basically a bell curve and it shows sector strength and it's got all of the sectors stacked, you know, in a bell curve in between, um, you know, with a relative uh, strength indicator at the bottom. And basically the further left it shifts, it's a bell curve, the more bearish the market's getting, the more oversold the market's getting. But I also call it a heat map because it comes up in red and blue. And right. if it's blue, that means that buyers are in control. If it's red, that means that sellers are in control. So we're looking at all of those different sectors so you can see, you know, very, and, and everything's very visual. You know, I, I, I wanted, I feel like I've always said that, you know, I mean, I haven't always said it, but other people have always said it. And I've always agreed with it, that a picture can be worth a thousand words, can be worth a lot more than a thousand words. So that was one of the things that I was really adamant about with this is that we get, you know, there has to be visuals, you know, there have to be visuals that people can look at because me saying like, oh, the McClellan summation index on the NASDAQ just took a big drop today. And, you know, the, the five month moving average and the eight day moving average just crossed each other. And people are like, you know, like I go cross-eyed just like saying that. Um, But if you can see that on a chart, it's really clear, you know, and it really, you know, it really helps to helps to sort of plan what's going on, say with your other investments. You know, I, 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 I assume that people aren't just investing in the 10 stocks that I have right. in my model portfolio, that people have other investments out there, long-term investments, you know, in their IRA and stuff like that, um, and their 401k. And so this is sort of a way, you know, that I can show, like, this is what the machine sees for this week, you right. know, and this is what I, you know, after having worked in finance for so long, you know, see from what the machine is telling me of what could happen going forward. And so we just sort of have this nice short-term roadmap that we can adjust and we can we can sort of uh, 
I hate the word pivot because everybody uses it so much. Um, but we can sort of pivot, you know, we can sort of change direction just a little bit, correct our course, um, you know, when something changes, because like you said at the beginning, you know, you can't use old data because everything's changing, you know, by the second. Yeah, I mean, it's just, like you said, analysis paralysis. There's more and more data coming available awesome. every single day. There's new websites, new apps, mm-hmm. new whatever going on. And new and, ratios. Yeah. People are always trying to create new ratios. Yeah. I'm always looking for, you know, like new, you know, different ways to combine financial data and, and sort of, you know, give a different indicator, give a right. new indicator. I'd love to have like, you know, the Jason indicator or something like that. That'd be pretty cool. Well, you basically have it here with the Alpha Profit Machine. So let's, so how much is this service? Let's get down to brass tacks to here. Brass tacks. So because, you know, it's, it's definitely not cheap compared to your flagship, the Wealth Advisor, which focuses on dividends. Yep. The Wealth Advisor, I always like to say that, you know, it costs less than a dinner out. And now it's like less than a dinner out by yourself uh, with how much everything costs now. Um, But uh, so this is a little bit more expensive, um, but just to sort of like, I don't know, um, uh, uh, grease the wheels a little bit here. You know, this is the kind of thing. So in order to get access to a high frequency hedge fund, you have to have at least a million dollars invested with the fund, yeah. usually more, right? Because those funds, it costs a lot of money, compliance costs, um, you know, legal costs, all of those licensing fees and stuff. So it really doesn't make sense for a hedge fund to open if they don't have, I want to say, between 20 and $40 million under man- management. Yeah. So typically you need to put in at least a million, $2 million to get access to this kind of stuff. They're going to charge you the typical hedge fund fee structure. The two and 20. Two and 20. Everybody's heard that. That means 2% of the assets that they manage plus 20% of your profits. And I mean, if you've got $10 million in there, then, you know, you're 2%. That's a lot of money, you know? Yeah, that is absolutely And they get that whether you make profits or not. You right. Know? So that's like that's how they that's how they make sure that they can keep the lights on, pay the bills and stuff. And then their bonuses come from that 20 percent of your profits that they're taking. Um, so, you know, I left Wall Street because I wanted to help people who needed my help and charging like two hundred thousand dollars a year and forcing you to invest two million dollars with me just doesn't seem right. Like that's that. insane. <laughs> like that's and helpful. then these guys are just in, when when that's your fee structure, they are incentivized to not have what they call redemptions, right? Which is people pulling, yeah. y- you know, the yeah, money no. out of and, and they the can, fund. And they can ban redemptions. Yeah, they yeah. They can say, like, you can't take your money out. Yeah, that's um, insane. What the, what the, kind of business model is this? Like, I give you the money, uh-huh. and then you, you're collecting fees on that money, and then you make more if you make money for me, which I like, obviously. Right. I don't have a problem with that. Uh-huh. But when you lose money, you still make money. Mm-hmm. It's like the old at Duke and Duke. And when you try and take that money out, you know, I can be I like, could be like, actually, nah. we're not going to do that's, those this quarter. Right. And that's how you get into the Madoff situation. Well, well, you mm-hmm. know, so you're sitting there and, you know, Brian has a whole spiel about this, about how the, you know, the money managers are just like, well, you know, you need to just ride this out. Uh-huh. And so it's... Um, it's insane what these guys are charging. And I would think the majority of our, our readers, our viewers, our subscribers aren't, you know, forking over, you know, $10 million to be managed mm-hmm. by a hedge fund, mm-hmm. you know. So Yeah, and if you're not going to get this from a hedge fund, if you're going to buy access to the data you're talking about, um, I want to say like to get a Bloomberg feed, yeah. you know, to get a Bloomberg terminal, that's uh, last time I checked, which was a while ago, was like, 
like over twelve thousand dollars a year to get access to, to yeah. the Bloomberg data feeds. And um, then you got to do all the analysis and yourself, then, yeah, you and you got to do for the, these models and stuff like that. Believe me, I have seen the bills come across my desk because I have to approve uh, purchases over a certain amount, and there is monthly fees associated with this project that you have going. Yep. Um, so it's certainly not cheap. Yep. No. And I mean, you know, you got to pay for the servers, you got to pay for the data. Um, you know, I am not a computer programmer, so I obviously had to have help from from computer programmers to develop this. Um, but, you know, like I said, it's it's uh, it's a lot cheaper than doing it yourself than, you know, um, trying to get the access to a hedge fund. I mean, you're not going to get it unless you're a multimillionaire yeah. um, trying to buy it. You're talking about like ten, twenty thousand dollars probably a year to get access to something like this. Um, and like I said, that's just not helpful to, to people who like really need it and who, who, who really need access to something like this. You know, those companies, those hedge funds are making money for making more money for people who already have plenty. Um, and I left Wall Street because I wanted to help people who didn't have enough money make more. And so um, I feel like right now we're, we're charging about $2,000 a year for this. Okay, yeah. Uh, so pretty reasonable. I've definitely been told that I should raise the price, that you know, 5000 yeah. would be a deal. Yeah, um, I thought you were going to say five or 10K. I mean, eventually, you know. it probably will be five yeah. because everything's getting more expensive. Yeah. You know, people talk about inflation's cooling, but that doesn't do anything to the inflation that we already well, experienced. Yeah, it's not going. Know. It's not negative. There's no deflation. No, no there's no deflation going on right, right now, now and, and that's not going to happen for a long time. And honestly, if it does, we should be worried. You know, because deflation's a bad thing too. That yeah. means that there's a problem going on. Um, but yeah, I saw an interesting like chart just to put that into perspective that um, there's a there's there's a lot of media talking about a construction boom going on right now. It's a boom. It's the highest that it's been. It's higher than pre-pandemic. But if you actually adjust that for inflation, it's lower. Right. So the only reason that there's more money being spent on construction right now is because everything costs twice as much. Yeah. Um, you know, so this will eventually most likely go up in price. But right now, you know, we're, we're charging that 2000 Even at 5000 people have told me that I should be charging ten or 15 for this. Um, and I, you know, I don't ever want to have to get that high. Uh, and if I do, it's going to be because ten or $15,000 just doesn't buy what it used to anymore. Right. Um, well, but- yeah, that's totally reasonable for what you're getting here. And um, the amount of trades and just the cost that go on and not to mention your expertise and 20 years of experience on on wall street and all that i mean that seems like a no-brainer and i think what we'll do is we'll put a link um to join if or if people want to check it out they don't have to join but if they want to check it out a link in the description Mm -hmm. below and um they can sign up and i think there's probably um you know a test drive option for yeah, a period yeah. of time. I always like to give people sort of yeah. a risk-free trial period. Um, so, uh, you know, you'll, you'll have at least, you know, a couple of months to try it out. Yeah, stand, stand behind it. And, and the I retention rate on that is is, is pretty pretty it high. Really people, Honestly, I wouldn't offer like it. it if I thought that people, right. if I thought that everybody was going to ask for their money back. But yeah. if you do, you know, you try it out, you decide this isn't for you. Maybe you don't feel like checking the email yeah. once a week. You know, yeah. you, you want more long-term stuff. You know, you just call and I, I'll refund every penny. You can keep everything that you got, you know, all of the trades that you've made up until that point, all of the profits that you've made are yours, you know. So I try and make it as risk-free as possible yeah. so that people have, you know, very little to lose but a lot to gain. Yeah, that's a no-brainer right yeah. there. All right. Well, sounds exciting and uh, appreciate you coming on today. And, yeah, I appreciate uh, being here. Thank we'll, you for having me. We'll talk to you next time. All right. Sounds good. Later. Nice.